Welcome to the Take 92 Podcast. My name is Sammy Warmhands. I am your host. And today I've got my good friends and frequent tour mates, Double Dragon. That's Skeptic and Danny G from the Bay Area, California. They've got a brand new album out called Macroforms. We got together just before the album dropped and talked all about it, reminisced on some good times, and we're going to leave you with a track from the record, so stay tuned. This is Double Dragon. We're talking Macroforms. I'm just looking at Danny's shoulder. I don't know. Are we... Um, I thought you were, like, setting something up over there, but I think this is just... He- he doesn't have a mic stand for himself. His mic's on like a pile of clothes and he's oh, leaning just like, over just it. Just like last time, remember? <laughs> oh my God. I have I have two other mic stands, but I don't have any other mic clips here. I don't all of my recording resources are uh at another place. You're an audio guy, aren't you? And I work out of a studio, not my house. Oh, sick burn. Sick burn. Man. I should have said I should have said sick burn. I've been watching a lot of seventies show lately and I've I've really been enjoying every time Kelso just has to go, What? I just enjoy a good burn. I feel fully shamed for uh good. working out of this shithole. Hey man, it's your shithole. Batman porn store. I'll never live up to your standards, Daniel. You sure do, but you don't gotta shame me about mine. His Daniels. So, uh, I hate to disappoint. Oh, no. I didn't listen to the album. <laughs> nice. I, I had a customer keep me late tonight, and then um, I had to uh, stop by the store, and I felt like I was about to actually shit myself. Oh, my God. As you know, classic, Sam. it's a common, yeah, classic. No. Hey, Ben, um, I get you. I've been, I quit my other job, and then for the last two weeks, I've been doing deliveries for Amazon. Oh. And it's fucking 10 hour shifts. And they basically, like, literally, I was told I'm expected to piss in a bottle throughout the day. So wow, that I don't have to, like. So there have been a brutal. couple days where, like, one day I, uh, I delivered to a, a corner store and I really needed to shit. And I was like, oh, thank God. So I delivered to them and I was like, hey, can I, uh, can I use your bathroom? They didn't, they really didn't want to let me, but it was like, oh, fuck. This guy just, like, delivered shit to me. <sighs> All right. Destroyed that motherfucker and used every every last square of toilet paper. Dick, move. He probably knew. He's like, oh, there's only like a little bit on that roll. <laughs> oh, God. He, pro- he probably did know. But hey, man, I'd been driving a van around for like six or seven hours at that point, And like... You big daddied him. Yeah, I Oh, did. it's your problem now, buddy. <laughs> That's right. But hey, you know what? I quit my job for this pod. <laughs> That's great. No, he really did quit his job. <laughs> I was supposed to go in tomorrow at uh, 6.45 a.m. I just said, eh, I'm not coming in ever again. That's admirable. I mean, yeah. from the outside, I'm sure your coworkers love you. Oh, I don't give a fuck. It's, okay. Like I said, it's working for Amazon. They they could all fucking die. But, but what if that happened to you and you had to pick up the slack? You're not. They'll find someone else. You're not the CEO. They're going to be I've, dumping on the workers, not on the people up above. He worked there e- for like a week. Every day that I worked there, I finished my route early and then did have to pick up the slack for other people. Yeah. So. Yeah, that is the way those jobs work. That's true. Yeah, and it's very much like I made like 140 deliveries yesterday, like 250 packages, and, and got done early. And then they just immediately were like, yeah, you need to go do more. Yeah. It's like, yeah, Fuck this, man. I can I can find a better job. I interviewed for something better today, so. Well, that's good. Anyway, so I, I didn't shit myself. 
I, sh- Good. I shit at home. Good. And Congrats. this is maybe the next phase of the Take 92 podcast. I'm not sure. But uh, my friend Jacob, he is uh, going to try out here as an intern for Take 92. First nice. order of business is he's going to be editing the show. Oh, um, cool. what's up, Jake? Because I was just gonna because you you mentioned that earlier. I was just gonna say like, oh, is he there? Is he like observing right now? Uh no, he took off uh, before we got started. But you know, I usually spend a good chunk of time editing the show, and because I'd be sitting here for you know three or four hours or something, uh, chopping out everybody's uh well mm-hmm. and shit like that, you know, because I really want to make it listenable and fun, even if you don't know the guests, that it's it's still got some pacing to it you know and so i'll spend three or four hours doing that and then i don't want to sit there for an hour or an hour and a half and then listen to it again when i'm done and so i have never once finished editing an episode and then listened to it to make sure that i didn't fuck up anything yeah i always post it i always just post it and recently on the winston smith episode i made a mistake and, oh, no. and, and because I, I listen to them after they air, um, and that's kind of me hearing it fresh and, and able to, to judge it again. And usually I'm pretty satisfied with it, but that one, I made a mistake and I, and I heard it and I went, fuck, I feel like I need somebody else. Cause if, if he can do an edit and then I can just do a quick run through, that'd be so much easier. Cause then I, I'm able to actually listen to it more than just look at the fucking sound waves and chop out all the fart noises and stuff, you know? Yeah. Absolutely. It's such a useful thing to have an extra set of ears and hands that are able to do what you can do. You know, it's it's being like in a relationship that's really good, you know, and you guys help each other out. Like one person cooks the food and the other person eats it and helps clean up. Yeah, man. I feel like that's that's where this is headed is that it'll be more of a collaboration on the edit. So that's, that's cool, man. Big things for Take 92. I thought of this uh, a little while ago, but I had to hold it inside so I wouldn't uh, interrupt you. But has anyone ever referred to it as the Take Number 2 podcast? Wow. Uh, no. Maybe if I were to leave and take a shit mid-interview. Okay. Great. Great. Guess what you just set us up for. Yeah. yeah. We <laughs> could set us up the bomb. We could establish precedent here. I wouldn't. Mm. I wouldn't be surprised if you literally just took us into the bathroom with you at one point. Take nine, deuce. There you wow. go. Wow. So you know, I, please, please. Uh, oh please no, I, you know, I'm just gonna try to start a show here. You could keep fucking around if you want. Please no. <laughs> As I was saying, I didn't get to listen to the album, but I watched the music video you sent, and I listened to the first. I think four tracks on it before you called. And man, it sounds really good. Um, first off, I'll comment on the video. I knew right away. I was like, oh, they got Arliss. That looks really good. Thanks, man. Yeah, we were, we were really excited about that. We've had that in the chamber for like a year and a half. And he's actually asked me like multiple times, like, hey, man, when are you putting that thing out? I really <laughs> want people to see that. And I'm like, hold on, hold on. We're, we're waiting just... for the right time. <laughs> yeah, but uh, we're actually going to put it out tomorrow i was gonna tell danny that but i forgot to so danny that's gonna come out tomorrow that's hey, cool. everybody so by the time you hear this it's out and you can go look at it on the double dragon social medias yeah mm-hmm. and that's that's for uh the alef 
you guys use weird language. I don't, I don't know dragon what, speak. What did you think it was? I don't know. I didn't even try. You know, it's like, <laughs> it's like, well, oh, you know, you know, you know what Danny, Danny put like some of the titles in that folder. Are they not are, all the are, actual names? Some of them are like misspelt or weird. So, well, I noticed that there's like track two or three is like part one of something. And then like track mm. 11 is part one again. It doesn't say part two on it. <laughs> well, track, track two is part two. And track eleven is part one. Okay, well they so, both say part one, so y- yeah, that's thankfully <laughs> that's not the folder that we were like sending for reviews or anything. We that's just the one me and Danny were sending back and forth and to Brizzo and shit. So you just send me the shit? Is that what you're saying? Mm-hmm. I I didn't know which folder it was. They're both just called Macroform MP3s. <laughs> uh, but yeah, man, I I really liked it. I thought it was an appropriate visual. You know, you guys' tracks are sounding really, really good. I mean, just everything sounds really huge and big melody. Doing a lot of layering in the in the beats this time. Lots of layering. Um, I focused way more on using my guitar to make a melody before I would do stuff. And for the first time, I would go over a beat. Is that a cat I hear? Yeah, I hear Tuck. Yeah, I- he's at the door. <laughs> oh, that little bastard, you better let him in. For the first time, I would work on a beat, and then Chad would say, I like that beat, and I would go, all right, well, I'm not done working well, on it yet. too fucking bad. And that's t- t- totally the opposite. Before, I'd be like, okay, I could arrange this out, but like, there was one of them, uh, Marble, that took me so long. Like, I had so many guitar layers and that, and so many percussive layers, and I was like, it needs like, a, a B section, like something good, like a, another verse that is different from the first one. I really need something. And it took me so long to finally come up with the right part and then i actually had more planned but decided you know i think i should just make it a song we should work on it because i could endlessly add parts and yeah but uh that's completely different than how we used to work where it was just like this is it you like it this is the beat then let's go so i i wouldn't give up the sauce immediately this time he had to work for it (laughs) well yeah i mean he's probably going i just want to write the fucking words like give me a shell give me a skeleton come on man you're like no it has to be finished mixed and mastered beat (laughs) see that's funny because i never knew that i was i was like doing that in the first place you know oh it was on me too i was just like all right cool this is good you're absolutely right thank you i will give it to you now but for this one i was like i want to i want to take everything further yeah i mean i noticed I noticed right away that you guys seem to be working more closely together, like on the hooks and stuff. I think that's cool because typically I feel like it would be like a a unison part or one person takes it, the other person does the verse, something like that. Or, but on uh, I can't remember which track this was. Uh, I thought it was cool that you guys found new ways to work your voices together you know like where skep's playing it straight danny's coming in with the melody and you're i mean basically doing stuff in unison but you're doing it in totally different ways i thought that that plays Mm -hmm. really well A, a big part of that too comes from another new thing that we experienced making this project which was we waited a long time to release it so but we had the songs 
and what ended up happening is we played a lot of these songs live. Yeah. Which, you know, we would release music before and then decided like, oh, I, I, at least me for sure. I would say like, oh God, if only we did this on the recording or like this song feels so different from the recording now because like we do it this way live. But we did a lot of these songs live before we finalized a lot of them. So there were some parts that for our song Pebbles, I know, um, Marble changed a lot for me. Uh, we would... I would change it during the live show and then end up just doing the recording more like that. So it translates better and it feels more polished. And, you know, when you're writing in the studio versus performing live, it changes the way things are. So us being totally. in unison is much more like our live show. And that just translated that way onto the album. Yeah. And, and I think originally we said like, oh man, if everything works out and we really have time and we could really do everything, like it'd be great to make like a bunch more songs than we actually need and, you know, comb through them or like actually just lay down scratch vocals for everything, knowing that we're going to come back and like redo all of them. Yeah. And, and it ended up being more the traditional approach of, oh, everything we do is just going to be like, that sounds good. That's going to be the keeper. But we ended up because we had so much time actually getting to do it that way and coming back and re-recording like the majority of the parts at least two or three times before we were finally satisfied with everything so yeah i think that's great you know i most of the stuff that i have ever put out you are hearing the second or third recording of it yeah as you spend time with it get to know it the demo and what you like about it what you don't like about it you know and and as as you were saying danny with the the live shows i mean that's the most important thing is to road test it and and get those breaths right and accent these certain words and mm -hmm. you know the mm -hmm. beat drops are a huge thing too i mean like there's so many little subtle things that may not occur to you as you are mapping out the song in the first place absolutely our song it doesn't matter um which is probably one of our hit songs most well-known songs sure yeah hit songs the recording version versus the live version it is so different the way the beat is arranged and produced and where the dropouts happen and the energy shifts the live show is way more dynamic than the recording is and uh it's just crazy how it just ended up being like that well you've gone dark yeah it's it's really evolved and um we really tried to take that element of our songwriting and to do it before we recorded it. <laughs> Did you take the same approach in terms of uh, the finished product and what you're going to have packaged and sold? Because like, I remember when we were on tour years ago and you had Y Wolves delivered like the second or third day of the tour. So I mean, we're already playing shows and then the shit shows up at your house when we're headed to the release show, you know. Have you been sitting on that stuff too? It's like, oh, we're going to do all this proper this time. Sure. <laughs> Man, it was looking really good until a company to be unnamed fucked the process up. And now they're arriving tomorrow. So I'm going to have just enough time to... uh send them over to milled pavement so that they have a few copies just on hand to uh, sell on their, their yeah. website, but we will have the physicals for release day. So at, at least that's, that's better this time. <clears throat> that's new. Are you doing a show this weekend? No, no. we're not doing a, a show this weekend, but we are looking to do like a nice solid three day run in uh, December. Cool. How did the uh, milled pavement thing come about by the way if or, or let people know 
what what is milled pavement and uh you know how did your relationship come to be obviously we have a mutual friend there yeah well milled pavement is uh you know pretty respectably sized i'd say uh independent operation out of the northeast our friend Brzezowski really helped us get that together. We were talking to Halo for a long time about uh, DJ Halo. That is, got to put the proper respect <laughs> yeah. on that name. Got to make sure everyone guest knows. Former of the podcast, DJ Halo. He doesn't suck. I'll say that much. He doesn't suck. DJ Halo doesn't suck. He'll say that much, too. <laughs> it's on his merch. <laughs> and that's all he'll fucking say. But yeah, we were talking for a while about you know what may or may not be the proper home for us. And after talking about it for a while, he just, you know, really heavily was leaning towards milled pavement being the direction to go in. And, you know, I really value Halo's advice. So, you know, I talked to Brzezowski about it and, uh, luckily I had just, uh, booked a tour for him earlier this year. So, uh, I was in his good graces. And yeah. Everything worked together. It's, uh, it's very much a, uh, a council of indie rap elders running the running the <laughs> show over there. So it wasn't like, you know, just his his word was enough, but it, it brought us to the table and the table decided that they liked us. So that's cool. Yeah. I think it was the tour that you booked. Uh he, he came out here and actually uh, yeah. uh crashed in here with me. Can't remember I think I played that show, actually. I think you did. You were you weren't sure if you were going to be able to, and then you ended up. Oh, that's right. That's right. Because yeah, it's been like uh, the the year of DFS. So anytime somebody asks me to do some rap shit, I've always been like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Ask me later, because that's not. I like have to make sure the album is is done proper. So yeah, I th- I think that was one of those where it was a big question mark, and then it came together last minute. But yeah, he's a, he's a great dude. Mm-hmm. A wonderful beard. Smells nice. He left me really a very sweet. nice letter. He's one of those dudes, you know, like you let him stay at your place on tour and he left me a very nice letter on the fridge uh, when he took off in the morning and uh, I uh, I kept it up there because I thought that was cool, you know. You know, we've done that for people who've been extra nice to us. And Absolutely. Yeah. So it, was, it was cool to be on the receiving end of one of those. Yeah, definitely. That's uh, really, I, really, really quick shout out to everybody who lets touring artists stay at their house and Seriously. feed them and gives them showers and a warm place to poop. This is this is a <laughs> risky thing for me to say in such a venue, but I recently moved into a, a really comfortable new situation. Oh God. And uh, a big big part of that was making sure that I, I had enough space to uh, put up fellow road warriors. So hoping to be repaying those kindnesses soon. He's putting his fucking wrinkled up earplugs into my view here looks like a big flaccid dong i can't give this to jacob this is terrible hi jacob this is the most bullshit per fucking line that's gonna need to be cut <laughs> jesus christ seriously oh, well, at least you want to we- take these little like oh you know i was showing him you're gonna have to cut out the uh and you know the little uh well you know those little tiny things you know but now you have good mm. like 20 second cuts you know <laughs> <laughs> Yerp. Shitso, son. Fuck. That's gonna be my new rap name, Shitso. Better than sadistic or whatever it is now. <laughs> wow. Oh, sorry. It's the other, no, it's the other uh, two-syllable S word with a K uh, that doesn't belong right. there. 
<laughs> okay then. I miss you guys, man. I, I miss you too. I haven't got to roast you motherfuckers great. in forever. Jesus, like oh, some rotisserie man. chickens. <laughs> now, like as as when you were like, "Oh, are you guys playing a show here soon?" I was like, "Oh fuck, oh, is it fuck. is it feasible for us to go play Eugene in December?" So nobody wants to play Eugene. It's ever. Yeah. You know, and, and like for a long time, I'd be like, oh, bum, they're not coming here. That sucks. And then now it's like, yeah, I get it. <laughs> oh, no, yeah, I get I'll it. never forget the time that we played at the wow hall, uh, but we played downstairs and no one gave a fuck. Mm. And upstairs there was like a rave for 14 year olds going on. Well, I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. And that is because. They don't do shows downstairs at the wall. <laughs> and so that's not a thing. So whatever happened was an anomaly that people were not probably prepared for. Yeah, it was a weird situation. We weren't fucking prepared for it either. <laughs> now, I was flipping through my uh, Instagram today. I had kind of forgotten our last show was actually in December of last year. I was thinking it had been longer than that because, you know, I got to crash with Danny on the DFS tour this summer, I got to run into a uh, Chadwick skeptic. Yeah. On the, the Gilman show. But, uh, we, yeah, we had actually, uh, done that show when you were out with abilities at a uh, level up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was a lot of fun. That was the only time that, uh, we've ever played at level up. I like that place. Yeah. They only really do shows like once a year, maybe twice a year that you do in the springtime for their anniversary every year. And, uh, I think just because it was Max and he had played a couple of their anniversaries and like always brought people in there that they were like, yeah, let's do a December show. Sure. But uh, yeah, that was cool. We did in the front room, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. We never do that either. That was, uh, that was a fun one. Yeah. How was, how was that whole thing? Was that your, wasn't that your second time out with abilities? Yes, it was. Those were like. I mean, obviously, the most consistently packed rooms we've ever played on tour. Yeah, that yeah. whole thing. That was crazy. Like, Bend Bend was the wildest one, man, because mm-hmm. we played at, I think, the Capitol. Yeah, I played there with Carnage. It's a cool room. Yeah, it's awesome. And there's always tons of people there, like, just off the, the place itself. But, you know, they're not, obviously, they're not guaranteed to, like, give a shit. But, like, as soon as Max started playing, everyone gave a shit it yeah. was they liked us too yeah you know i'd say maybe half to three quarters of everyone gave a shit about <laughs> us but everyone gave a shit <laughs> you know when that man went on i had an interesting experience in that room because we played on like a monday or something so there weren't a lot of people there and you know where the stage is set up there's seating directly across from you like in the back oh yeah yeah and yeah. Since it was kind of a, a, a chill vibe, everyone was sitting down at those tables back there. And so I'm up there kind of in my head while I'm doing my songs going, man, this isn't landing really well. This fucking sucks. You know, like no one's getting up. Like I'm going to have to cut my sing along, you know, can't do my call and response. And then I start to see facial reactions from people over there. And I'm like, oh, these fuckers are listening, though. And so then I start playing more like to them as opposed to just like I'm up there doing my thing. I would kind of walk to the back of the room a little bit. Still, for the most part, everyone just 
hung out in their seats, but then afterward, everybody came up and bought shit. I'm talking like every person in the room. That was one of those lessons to me, even after all these years, I'm going, man, this is a whack crowd. They don't give a shit. But it's like, it, I mean, this ain't a real show. Look around. Like, who you're playing for fucking eight people. It's a lounge act. Exactly. And so, you know, I, I adjusted my temperament to fit the vibe. And um, in those circumstances, I actually cleaned up that night. I did great. But it, it, it kind of took me seeing a couple people reacting to lyrics before I realized, like, oh, this actually is my crowd. I just didn't see it at the time. Yeah. Yeah, they just weren't responding the way you expected. Makes me think of the weed club that we played with Sostro. Everyone was just st- everyone was just stuck to the couches. I thought they were asleep stuck. while we were playing, and then someone came up and was like, "Hey, man, that whole set was amazing. So much energy." With his eyes <laughs> fully closed. And once they remembered how to walk again, I yeah. didn't think there were people higher than me. They were there. <laughs> they do exist. <laughs> yeah, that was um, that was an Quality interesting show, M&M actually. Yeah, if you wanna if you wanna rewind, that was actually kind of a fun tour moment for us because we were, I believe, actually out on the road and had a couple dates to fill, if I'm remembering this correctly. And had that I believe so. opportunity come up. Like we were booked in Denver and we had a day off like the day after and it was like, Well, we got an offer in Colorado Springs. And you're like, But you're not gonna like it. I was like, What? Yeah. And you know, if you familiar with me and my show at all, I'm straight edge. I don't like that I have to play in bars all the time, but that's where shows happen now. So I I go there and it bothers me, but I go there. But the show offer was for like a weed store, right? I mean, wasn't that basically not, the not, vibe? Not not like even a, a bar. Not even yeah, not even a weed store, but specifically a bar for taking dabs. So super weed. Yeah. So like, <laughs> so like the way that a bar serves shots, they just have bongs and they're just giving it out one hit at a time. No beer, only so, shots. Basically. So instead yeah. of, so usually I give Danny my drink tickets or I give Ogar my drink tickets. <laughs> yeah. But that, but that night, if you'll recall, everyone gave me their like free dab that dab the club would have given us. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so at the end of the night, I got insanely high, and I'll, I'll never forget the weed that uh, they gave me was called Death Star. <laughs> and uh, I just remember giving Danny the keys to the RV and getting in and laying down and just like saying something stupid to all of you and cackling. And then, it, and then all of a sudden, it was noon the next day. Oh, Jesus. Okay, well, p- prior to that, for <laughs> me, the interesting part of the story, because I've never ever played a show like this i basically treated it as like you know there's some states if you're underage you can like your band can play but you can't be in the venue unless you're on stage performing yeah yeah yeah. Yeah, so that was you so that was basically how i treated the show is that i was like all right well i guess i'm gonna just sit in the fucking rv because like when you're on a bar everyone's putting stuff into their body but it's not like going into the air but going in to this fucking like weed bar place, you know, you walk in and you're just walking into a cloud. I, you know, I you're went in to use the bathroom. High. 
Yeah, yeah. I went, yeah. went in to use the bathroom and it was just like, holy fuck. I like took a big breath in my t-shirt and walked to the bathroom, you know? I, I was going to bring up, bring that up. I remember seeing you do that. Yeah. And I mean, that, I was like, what the, God damn it. Like, I just got to take a piss and then got to like wait for the, the bathroom to be open. So I'm like breathing in my shirt in the fucking hallway. I'm like, dude, this is lame. And then I go up, go back out. I'm like out there for hours and it's fucking, it's cold. It's, it's Colorado in like, October or something, you cold know. time. So it's cold yeah. as a motherfucker. I'm like shivering in the dark RV because you can't have the lights on without the keys on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, or I mean, you can, but you burn it out, you know. So I was just like, yeah, let me know when uh, Doug's playing. And, oh yeah, and that's the other thing is we carved up the set so it was like th- that was Rare Form Tour, right? One of them. Yeah. So we had a shared set normally. But I was like, how about you do like two-thirds of the set solo and then I'll come in the end and do a few with you. Because obviously he's loving it. That's his kind of fucking place. Yeah. So yeah, we even changed the set list like that day. So like, okay, you do like six songs and I'll come out and we'll do four together or something. So it was like, all right, he's starting. All right, he's on his third song. Fuck, I got to go in. You know, like I've never played a show like that in my life. Yeah, I I remember it definitely had to be on the road because I remember talking to Sastro just trying to figure something out and he was like, Well, you know, I know Sam's not gonna love it, but this is this is kind of the best I got right now and I was like, Yeah, I don't think he would generally be into that, but we might be looking at a special case here. I was well, very surprised to hear you say yes. Well I flat said no. <laughs> I did. I said no. I don't know if, if you remember that skeptic, but no, uh, I, I no, I don't recall. Yeah, I was like, no fucking way, nope, nope. And then, like, it became clear that we were not finding a better solution, and we was just going to be a day off. And so, the longer it sat there, you're like, dude, I gotta let him know. Are we doing this or not? I think that's when we came up with the. Uh, well, what if it's an Ogar Burl set mostly, <laughs> and I just yeah. wait outside, and uh, yeah, and once once we figured out like how this would be possible, because I'm like I'm not just gonna be in that all night personally. So once we figured out a way to work around it, that's when we that's when I reluctantly caved and said, "All right, let's do it." Yeah. Okay. I I definitely I definitely remember that chain of events, the the apprehension and the fine. It, it worked out okay. Speaking of fun tour stories, when I was at Danny's this summer, I can't remember <laughs> who the story was about, but you were recalling our very first tour together, and on like the first day that we're driving, I said, hey, so just, you know, like a couple of ground rules. We're not going to name him. I'm not, we're not, we, we can't, we can't call him out. I can't even remember who it was, but Good, I, I, we're I, not going to say his name. He's going to know who he is. I already know what we're going <laughs> on. Let <laughs> Sam finish. <laughs> and I was like, there's a couple of ground rules, you know, we're all going to be very close to each other over the next like three and a half weeks, you know, so we got to be respectful. Like don't go sleeping somewhere else. We got to chase you down, you know, don't be like jerking off. Like when you take a shower and then I got to go in there after you or somebody after you, you know, slip just, on it. You know, I just had like a couple of like basic, like etiquette, sh- respect the space sort of 
rules. You know, like at a show, they're like, okay, respect the space, no fighting. It's just <laughs> no stage diving. It was just that for being yeah. in a van for three weeks. Uh, but <laughs> Danny, didn't you tell me you uh, you told that to someone else? I sure did tell that to somebody else. We we definitely came up Dan- when we were talking with someone, and, Dan- and that person's response. <laughs> Danny Danny made basically a meme, and I can't name anyone in the meme other than us. But it's like, man, the tour lessons we've learned. Sam, don't beat off in the shower. Someone else. What the hell's wrong with you? You guys don't beat off in the shower. <laughs> Yet someone else. Oh, I'm beating off right now. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, like we just we t- we took your you know you it was a big deal. All the people we had toured with for the first few times and even now. But you know we learned a lot of things from you guys. So we were like, okay, this is it. You don't do this when you're on tour. Got it. And then you know years and years later, we're touring with people and finding out. They're beating off the whole time. Yo, this yeah. motherfucker beats off. What? And when here we are uh, dying, looking at each other weird, and, uh, like when we're changing. And, 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 and you know what? On that tour, we stayed at Dan's family's house, <laughs> <laughs> and then he told he told us about halfway through the tour. Oh yeah, I've been I've been doing that at every shower that we've we've had and Dan was like we stayed at my dad's house what the fuck is wrong with you and then and then we stayed at his cousin's house and me and Dan were like we should just beat off all over this fucking shower oh we my just, god <laughs> we should we should just send a message show them who's boss <laughs> man that's uh, I mean I I get it like it sucks being out there and it's a I won't say hard, but it's a difficult thing to not do. Yeah, when you're when you're out there and you're alone. Yeah, no, hey man, it's part of some people's sleeping ritual. Okay. Oh no, straight up mine too at home. But I just yeah. feel I yeah. just feel like that's fucking foul, especially if somebody's oh. letting you crash at their pad. You know, like I don't want to be wrecking their shit. Yeah, but you'll take a dump on the fucking in the sink. This guy will up a in the decker. Sink. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, I may take a lot of dumps in my life, but I've never Melissa McCarthy shit in a sink. What the fuck is that referencing? <laughs> what? Bridesmaids. Oh, yeah, you're but right. I you, totally remember now. It's, it's funny because Danny said it before, like, him and I find, like, a solidarity in it. Like, there will be times where Danny will walk up to me and put his hand on my shoulder and be like, it's been 15 days, only five, <laughs> only five till we're home. Then we bust. Then we release well, the juggernaut. So for me, I always like that you call it that. For me, it was always from the very first tour. Like first tour I went on, Sarks laid it down for me. Like, yo, we all got to sleep in the same place so we don't lose any time trying to track you down the next yeah. day or whatever, you know. And I don't remember where the jerking off came from, if that was my suggestion or his, but we on that tour, we started a pact that no one would do it, and then we would see how long we made it. And uh, I was really actually pleased with myself that I, I won the contest, but then I never got my trophy. So Oh, you got your trophy. Well, I do kind of because the, the, we, uh, since there was three of us, it was me and Evil and Sarks, we each, you know, prior to anyone bowing out and losing, we each were like, all right, so let's go to Goodwill. We'll find a trophy that we could buy. What is losing? That we, if you have to jack off first. You know, it's like the is Seinfeld episode. It's like the yeah. Seinfeld episode. Yeah, you know? but they all, everybody who finished won. Sure, but if you lose the contest, the, you know, the point is to abstain. So if we, yeah, Kramer we're, we're like, all right, so, so we'll, we'll get a Goodwill trophy and we'll break it off 
so we have just the, like the base of it, you know, and you can have like something, you know, something engraved on it or something, whatever. And then we'll have somebody else buy a big dildo and then somebody else buy some gold spray paint and to spray the dildo. And then we'd glue it onto the base and then we would have uh, a, a no jacking off statue. And we, and we were in the illusionist at the time when we had the song called anti-whack. And so we, we called it the anti-whack trophy. Pretty so amazing. This is where have I never told you that this is where the whole thing came from. No, no. And so all the way out in Arkansas, we have the base of the trophy we've required from somewhere, and we haven't got the spray paint yet. But uh, we have a day off, and we're walking around downtown, and we see a sex shop, and I'm like, oh, I'm gonna go in here and get that dildo, and so I go in there and I buy this giant dildo that is currently on my mantle and has been... Oh, yeah. I've seen the dildo. Seen in hilarious moments, like as my Christmas tree topper, for example. Beautiful. That's what God intended. When the other guys got out of the competition, they lost all interest in making this trophy. And so we never got the spray paint. We never actually made the thing. I have this fucking random-ass trophy of nothing... From Goodwill, and I have a dildo in my living room. It's pretty. So. It's pretty funny because that's such a statement on jacking off in general. <laughs> like you, like you have you have a bad idea, and then you masturbate, and then you just come back and go, "Oh, never mind." Like you <laughs> I don't know, care I, anymore. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm good with just jacking off. Honestly, <laughs> fuck that trophy. There was an there's... old uh, Joe Rogan stand-up uh, where he on one of his old CDs he talks about how um, you know people walking around you know with like a biologically like loaded gun and you're just you're not thinking right you know he's like there should be billboards like public service announcements of like just a dude holding a crying baby that says jerk off first then think about it oh i remember this joke yeah (laughs) yeah i thought that was pretty solid yeah that that's a that's a fact of life that that goes before spending money before going to the store if you bust and you still want to do whatever Anything. you were going to do, <laughs> then, you, then, then you want to do it. Godspeed. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so speaking of touring, we've done a few of these together now. Some people may or may not know this. If you've got an email from a guy named Chad when I'm booking a tour, that is skeptic right here. He's my booking agent. Me. You know, it seems like it's been an asset to you and to Double Dragon to have this place of employment that like like when we met for example you're like hey i work for this booking agency we need someone to go out with us who's been out on tour before would you want to do it i'm like oh yes of course i would like i've wanted to work with those guys you know so it it linked us together yeah it worked it worked so perfectly and and there's been other opportunities right where you're talking to somebody and they're like oh man i want to hit this market or whatever and you're like well do you want to take us yeah it's it's been great. I mean, that's how everything uh, with abilities shook out. That's how going on tour with Dope Knife uh, came together, and that was cool too. Because at one point we were talking about doing like a whole from here to the Midwest run, and then just a lot of things didn't come together. But we had a Minneapolis show booked uh, at Honey through CMJ, and when I broke the news to him, like, "Oh yeah, man, I think it's just a bad time frame. Uh, this is really the only show we have confirmed." Uh, he was like, you know, fuck it. I'll fly everybody out. Let's let's do the show. That's great. So, 
Yeah, mm-hmm. that was cool. That was that was, that was a wonderful experience. Yeah, yeah, that was that was awesome. Chad's Chad's talent and skills and resources in this field have been like wonderful, and I praise him constantly. Maybe not to him, his face, but he should know that I love him. But seriously, the opportunities that we've gotten and the things that he has done by booking for other artists as well as us has put us in some good situations, and it's. It's really game changing for him to be able to just pull this out of nowhere. I mean, from from being like, "Hey, yeah, like we're gonna go on a tour and I'm gonna get us some shows," and then like, "Yeah, so we're gonna open up for this artist and then we're gonna like fly out to this place and do a show," or like this big person is gonna take us on tour and then like we're gonna stay at hotels. Like, what? How did we get here? Yeah. How did we do this? Uh, I know so many people who've been doing this for much longer than me, and they're like. Can't even book shows outside yeah. of their own city. Yeah, you know, it's fucking play, hard. Playing with uh, with Grayskull and I couldn't abilities. Do yeah, I know, man. It was <laughs> Grayskull, fucking Smoke was on the bill. Divide was on the bill. Guns, Gods, Ghosts was on the bill. Awesome lineup. Yeah, yeah. so uh, just hanging out behind uh, the venue with Grayskull and abilities and just... Like JFK is just like relentlessly making fun of Graves, you know. And <laughs> he's so funny, dude. He is fucking hilarious. But just just sitting there and like every now and then like stepping back out of myself and being like, "Holy fuck, I'm standing here right now, and like I'm 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 a part of this moment. Like I'm not just some dickhead standing here. Like this is fucking validation, the highest level." Hell yeah. Do, do you ever think about like I, I've had a couple experiences recently where I look back and I'm trying to figure out okay, I'll come forth with it. Cause this is super nerdy, but this weekend I'm flying to Texas to go to a Comic Con. Nice. To meet Michael Keaton. Right? Fuck Yo, yeah. that's that's awesome. And uh, a Batman. Tell yeah. him why you like him. And so who's he again? And so <laughs> he's the vulture. So yeah, exactly. So yeah, for right? for the last like week, I'm Be going, okay, cool. this is coming up. I gotta figure out like what am I gonna say to this person? You have this minute or two minute window uh, of an autograph signing or whatever. Like, what do I say to this person? And I went to one of these in Portland recently and I met Weird Al. Yeah, I saw those pictures. Like the night before I meet Weird Al, I'm trying to figure out like, what do I say to this dude? I don't even know. Like I've I've listened to him since I was a kid. His shit's funny. I don't know. Like, what do you say? And then it occurred to me that when I was in like fifth grade, I had gotten out of like my dad's music, the country music I was listening to. And I didn't know what I wanted. Music wasn't doing anything for me. You know, I'd listened to soundtracks and mixtures of random shit and then i heard bad hair day and that led me to coolio and that led me to alternative radio and then i got into punk rock and so like it was a very like vulnerable susceptible time that was became my gateway to all this other shit you know and so i weird al in fifth grade yeah and so it seemed crazy to think about but like that was actually very significant for me and so that's what i told him i said hey you know i just kind of put this together but you know that album really was a gateway to me you know getting into punk rock and hip-hop and all these other things that you know i said i've been putting out albums ever since and he's like wow that's like i'm so glad you told me that story like i'm glad i have been part of that or something you know and and 
And so I'm thinking about what do I say to Michael Keaton or whatever? And like, uh, what, you know, you don't want to just say the same thing about, oh, like, love Batman. Everyone there loves Batman, you know? I'm like, oh, fucking Spotlight was awesome, you know, whatever. What do you say? And then I realized that I wouldn't have even met you guys or so many of my friends without that first Batman movie because that was the genesis for me starting The Illusionist. Me and Webb, Gabe, we worked together. You know, we had done like one song on my joke rap album and I was already over it. And he had like a Batman tattoo and I said, yo, have you ever sampled a Danny Elfman soundtrack? He's like, no, man, I've always dreamt of doing that. And so I brought it to him. I said, here you go, the next day. And he made a beat and he brought it to me and he's like, hey, do you want to rap on this? And we started a group. So hmm. without The Illusionist, I would have never met ENA. I would have never revived my music career. I would have never done any of these things and met all of these people that we're talking about today. So it's so fucking weird to think about how in retrospect, there's these little butterfly effect moments that just set everything in motion. You know, like, like when you're standing you know, in the green room or whatever with gray skull and abilities and you're pinching yourself going like, wow, how did this happen? Like, can you ever trace that back and think like, oh man, it was so serendipitous, this, this random interaction here that we had or this one show that we did or, or, or even what, what brought you guys together as your friendship. Like, I don't know, the older I get, the more I'm really interested in, in, those moments and how everything origin stories came to be well yeah but like on a human level and and not necessarily like the whole thing but if you could just the fact that i've realized back to back these little tiny moments that like oh that actually had a lot to do with where things headed you know like i i remember being on tour with you guys and we stayed at kathy averill's house in uh, mm-hmm. uh saint paul in uh I can't remember. I think she made dinner for us yep. and we hung out yeah. there for the afternoon, you yeah. know? And I remember you guys were like, damn, like this is real life, you know? And, I, and that was how I felt the first time I went there, you know, I was like, holy shit, you know, we're chilling in ideas, childhood home. Like this is crazy. It made me think back of like, wow, if I hadn't begged that venue to let us open the show for E and A, you know, like I'd never be sitting in this house, you know, like I'm just going off script here. Do you guys, have any moments like that that you feel like in your career or in your, your lives, just even as friends, that was a big catalyst or a jump off for, you know, these cool things that you guys get to do now? Um, mine is short. Can I go first? When I first met Chad, <clears throat> we talked about this on multiple places. We were at a party. We played a, sh- played a show with our own bands, whatever. We started working together. But when we really, really started working together, I remember... Uh, a mutual friend who we don't talk to anymore had said that like, oh yeah, Danny, he always says like yes all the time, but I guess I might have and I was really about everything that I said I was going to be about, which I am now, but a big part of it is like I saw results with a lot of things with Chad and it just made sense and something about him made me say yes it wasn't just like i like i said no all the time fuck everybody like for sure but <laughs> something something about him and his drive that i saw going with mine even if it was just a tiny thing at the time like you know yeah, taking that leap of like am i really about to fucking make music with this guy am i really gonna like 
sit in an RV with this guy and all these dudes. But I just kept saying yes because it just was like something like deep inside was like, do it. It's going to be great. I don't mean this in the bad way that I normally do. I don't know if you can tell <laughs> But like, you know, it wasn't sarcastic and it, and it turned out great every time. And I, so I just kept doing it. I don't know. It was like, uh, I got a great return of investment on saying yes to this man most of the time. <laughs> and it's just saying yes took me on a plane ride to go visit my family and play a show in Minnesota. Saying yes took me to Canada. Saying yes got me endless amounts of friends and support and love and experience and into a scene. Just over a hundred shows on the road at this point. Just because I didn't say no. It sounds like that uh, Jim Carrey movie, (laughs) Yes Man, at this point. Pretty much, yeah. (laughs) Yes, Chad. (laughs) It's always interesting. Like I'm not... I'm not really the kind of person who like warms up to people like <laughs> like like either either you know like right when we meet there's just something in certain people like in both of you that I just feel like magnetism on like a personality level of just like yo everything makes sense this person understands me I understand them we're on the same level like let's let's just go and like i felt that immediately with danny and once we like when we very very first like played a show together in eugene i don't think we even like really spoke so that doesn't even like really fucking count but once we started like working together on the tour and everything like that everything just started coming together like we started cracking jokes and shit like pretty early into the process and things started to just like gel and everything and I think also just in terms of booking, because we we were one of those rare situations where we entered a tour together without really knowing each other. I mean, like you said, I, I have very little memory of that first show we played together. And I think that it reveals a lot of character going through the booking process. You know, I've been that guy, like when I booked the tours for... The Illusionist, you know, I booked the one with Christoph Crane as a headliner, and then I booked the one with uh, Carnage as the headliner, and both of those were people that I sort of knew. We had played a couple shows, maybe done a, a collab song via email or something, but in working together on, like, I'm doing the booking, and then we're calling each other on the phone to talk about the details and whatever, you know, I feel like that lead into a tour is also really helpful in just establishing like who, who this someone's going to be. Exactly. Yeah. And, yeah. and I think that, uh, all of those experiences worked <clears throat> out well for me. You know, it, it, even if you think about on paper, like there have been several times that I've gone out on tour with people I hardly know in all honesty. And, pretty much everyone walked away as friends because yeah. that's such a intense process leading up to it. And if you can both handle it well and, and everyone's on top of their job, whatever their role is, then it's cool, you know? And, and like our, speaking of roles, like the way that we tour together is the most efficient out of anybody I've ever worked with. Cause it's like 
Danny sets up everyone's shit and does the sound check. Chad's already got the, the dates booked and he knows the times or whatever. If I'm not driving, I'm setting up the merch and running that sort of thing or whatever. And, and it's just such a well-oiled machine. You know, everyone knows their, their place and there's no conversation about it. It just gets done and then we can hang out and enjoy the night. Like it's, it's, it's been great. Just we fell into that naturally. There was no yeah. like, okay, now everybody needs to fucking, you know, it was very much just like, as we got to know each other, it was like, ooh, his strength is over here. My strength is over there, you know? And uh, I think that really probably helped our bond just as friends that mm-hmm. no one had to stress out about, oh, this person's not pulling their weight in, <laughs> you know, whatever category, you know? I, th- I think that that was really just the easiest thing was uh you know coming together and working with you guys the first time i mean after that it was terrible i don't like you guys in general but i mean <laughs> yeah. that first time it was very easy such a good yeah, first we, time it's just very symbiotic and it's it's nice when things work out that way and just like being in a, a group of at the very least like-minded individuals that are you know, share the same goal. We want to go. We want everything to run smoothly. We want to make sure everyone's sound is good. You know, like it's important that we have the details, know who to who to talk to, and you know all that kind of shit. So, it's just it's good when everyone's on the same same level. And obviously, we do want to have a good time. But you know, I've been very deliberate in not really torn with anybody that I would be worried about. You know, them falling victim to prioritizing that good time over yeah get getting shit done fuck yep. so, people so thank thankfully you know we've done a good job with all that i like touring with married people on that note <laughs> people who are in a relationship who i don't have to worry about disappearing on me yeah it's it actually is pretty great when everybody's everybody's accounted for and then it's just like you all right you don't end we, up watching a movie in an rv at a trailer park <laughs> <laughs> We we don't end up uh, having to worry about a runner. <laughs> yeah, it's great. Although oh, that is a great story to tell. <laughs> well, so many of these uh, stories and many more will be in my next book out in 2020, which I won't reveal the name of yet. Piece oh, yeah, he, to- he told me I, that's going to be the book. <laughs> I, asked, <laughs> I asked special permission from certain people of could I tell their most embarrassing uh stories and for the most part i got the green light or sometimes i think in our situation chad i think we traded i think it was like well if you don't tell this one you can tell that one i was like all right cool <laughs> and you're gonna name drop me huh oh yeah it's all in there you know? okay I, f- I figured as much i wasn't gonna tell you not to i just was wondering that's hilarious I, yeah it's like a it's like a day in the life sort of thing it's it's very much like you know it, it's in our tour chapter there's no, <laughs> there's no getting around it, you know. But uh, yeah, th- there's definitely uh, gonna be some, some fun ones in there. You know, you know what though? Uh, I just real quick before we like totally lose track, I just wanted to go back and answer your question about butterfly effect moments. Yes, uh, please. I I would say the biggest one for me is uh, one time, I it was actually the kickoff show of our first tour as Double Dragon. The skate shop. shop in Livermore and Polly Rhymes band Solganics played. And meeting Polly Rhyme was probably the biggest 
opening up of the world of hip hop to me. And it's funny because I would have never like really thought that like, you know, I, I put Paul on that show, put Solganics on that show rather. And we thought that they were awesome and we continued to work with them. And Paul was always like a really, you know, personable and nice and great guy. And I mean, I had talked to Tony before because, uh, we had booked blueprint and one day Tony just called me and said that, you know, Hey man, uh, I've been talking to Paulie rhyme and he thinks that you'd be a really good fit and I'm looking for a new booking agent. And that's how all that came together with DTR. Nice. And that's great. Paul, Paul uh, recorded a whole EP produced by print with Danny, just based off the strength of, of mine and his relationship Nice. and, and put me on a track produced by print with print and that's still like you know the good verse. The have coolest. I heard that song? I'm not sure if you have. I'll send it to you. Yeah, but that's, please do. That's like one of my craziest best verses ever because I was like, "Fuck, man, Blueprint's gonna hear this." Yeah. And Paul actually told me Print wasn't supposed to be on the song, and then when Paul heard my verse, he sent it to Print, and then Print decided he wanted to be on the song too. That's great, man. Yeah, I, I, I like working with him because. He's very like, for example, when we did uh, Manufacture Disbelief mm -hmm. on my Bears Repeating album, we had already done, I think, one song together at that point, And I was like, I don't know. I think this would be a good fit. What do you think? He's like, yeah, I'm, I'm in. I like the concept. I'll check it out. And I sent it to him and he wrote it and recorded it the same day. And he, he wrote me back. He's like, man. I was honestly supposed to work on like two other people's projects first. He's like, but I heard that and it just got the juices flowing. I like, I, I, I had to jump on it. And I was like, yes. Like, I, I love that because like we're the same kind of artist, you know, it's like when you get the inspiration, you just drop everything and you take it, you know? And it sounds like that's the exact same experience that you guys had of like, Oh yeah, I don't know. And then, he listens to what you did and goes, oh, fuck, yeah, I, I know what I can add to this song yeah. to, you know, to bring it to the next level. And I, I, I really like that about him. Yeah, very much an artist's artist. Yeah, yeah, you know, the, the, the writer's writer, you know, yeah. like uh, part of, part yeah. of features Cub cubicles, for me. Cubicles is just fucking crazy. Like, oh, thank you, man. Yeah, just that, just that's, top to bottom. Yeah, I'm I'm really happy with how that that song turned out and and that was an accident because I I sent it to him. I had recorded all of my parts just you as like You accidentally sent it to him? That's that's like a dick pic getting accidentally okay. sent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Didn't oh, mean no. to. Oh, oops, my thumb slipped. Anyway, you think you got a 16? <laughs> no, I uh I had demoed it, but I I only had the one verse and the chorus. And before I put too much time into it, I, I was kind of on the fence as to like, I think this is cool, but like maybe this is super corny. And I didn't really know like who to ask who would be close enough to the source material, you know? Yeah. And I was like, oh shit, I'll, I'll send it to print because, you know, he knows my style and he was featured on that album first on Firstborn. I was like, he'll yeah. get, the, he'll get the homage. And, and so I sent it to him. I said, well, Will you just tell me if this is like corny or not? Because I, I think it's cool. And he replied like, 
oh, this is great. Like, uh, do you want me to jump on this? And I was like, do I? <laughs> and so, uh, and, and so that's how that happened. Cause I was going to write, uh, another verse for it. Uh, Damn. If, if it was worth pursuing, but Sam, his- you, you, you really did hit him with the ha ha JK unless <laughs> <laughs> that was for someone else. Yeah. Yeah. Or you? Oops. No, really. I, I just wanted it. Like it was one of those moments where I just thought this guy will tell me if this sucks or not. He's not like, we're not like friends. We're acquaintances, you know? And Sorry, he's, I just, I'm still thinking about this in the context of dick pics. It's not a dick. <laughs> Yo, is this a good angle? Does, Yo, it, does it look like a Pringles can? Is this flattering? <laughs> oh, man. Or should I flatten it? Oh, my God. Uh, wow. So I, I had a train of thought, but there it goes in the Pringles can. Sorry, you said you and Printer acquaintances. He doesn't owe you telling you that oh, it's good. Like, yeah, congratulations. Exactly. Yeah, it wouldn't be a loaded Sick. answer, you know. And some sometimes, like, like with Figures of Speech, that whole record, I don't know about you guys, but um, w- when I felt like it was pretty much finished, I gave it to Ogar Burl. And I was like, all right. I think this is my best shit, but like, tell me where it sucks. You know, like, do, do you guys have any sort of like person you bounce stuff off, like a focus group or is that just, just between you two? Yeah, it, I definitely have a focus group and I have some people who I can't show anything to. I, I, I have sort of all over the place. Um, my girl, I love her to death, but I can't show her anything if it's in the early stages of something. It, it's sort of like, uh, I was watching a show recently and, Somebody, it was like a writer, and they had said, I'm just not really ready for feedback yet. And sometimes when you're creating things, you sort of need to just be like left alone and just, you know, fucking the pants come off and you're just running the marathon and nobody's there to stop you. Horrible analogy, I know. But I need that a lot. And she often will come in in the early stages and say something to me. And then my whole train of thought is just completely fucked. <laughs> and I just am like, what am I even doing anymore? So she's, she's, person i don't bounce things off of early on but i do have my band full moon freaks i pretty much anytime i make anything or when this album was being close to to finish i sent it to them right away and said guys what do you want and they you know gave me this huge one of them gives me a whole like which i know i know he's honest about it too he says i really liked it i think there's some songs where you guys could have done something different and some songs where i wasn't really sure about the direction but it made sense in the end and I'm like, wow, that's a fucking fantastic review. Like, that's that's great coming from you. And another guy who broke down every single individual song and told me every single part that he liked, part that like took him by surprise. And is that Joel? Did you give <laughs> no. it to Joel? <laughs> we did give it to Joel. Uh, Joel actually put the track list together. Yeah, that oh, was actually okay. him. Okay. Well, I got uh, it fucking an hour before we talked. So thanks. We sent it to you before that. What? No, you didn't. I sent it to you at like two o'clock today. No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> but I was I was at work though. I couldn't download it, so my that's what I meant. Yeah. No, we sent we sent you the album. I swore like like a long, 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 long time ago to listen no to way. it. No way. We must have. Yeah, we had like a, a Google Google Drive folder that was shared. And it has, uh, unless you added that today, your name is in it before somebody else's name. I guess so I'm yeah. fucking up then. <laughs> it's okay. You're very busy over here doing several projects and podcasts and bands. I'm not and doing shit. You got I'm, an intern. You're not doing shit. You have an intern. <laughs> I don't have an intern. Fair enough. We Fair we enough. Bounce, we bounced it off Halo too. Uh, we had Halo give it a couple listens as as it was going on. Fuck! If you ask me for feedback and I did not deliver, that's 
like hey, there's man, no fucking he, way that you were would, like yo can you give me your thoughts on this and i was just like uh yeah sure and then didn't do it. there's you're no probably fucking, on tour or something but you're definitely in here as a contributor oh hey, you man, son he, of a bitch human <laughs> beings make mistakes you know whatever that's okay you're making it right Fuck. I mean, you you named after the phenomena of pissing on your palms. So I mean, <laughs> palm pisser. Is that, Paul is that really the palm pisser? Is that really like an epidemic, though? <laughs> sure, for you. I mean, it happened. <laughs> it it happened one. once. It's a phenomena. All right. Fair <laughs> enough. It one time. You know, do it in the shower every day to relive that moment. Yeah, I take cold showers so I can feel the warm pee. <laughs> so. What else can we say about the record? Release date is this Friday, the 1st? Yeah, is that right? No, yeah, November 1st. 1st. Cool. So if you're listening to this show, that's in the past. You need to go get this fucking album. Uh, it's called Macro Forms. Mm-hmm. Yes. What's the, the genesis of the title? Skep, go. Um, I choose you. So Make a Pokemon sound. In, I believe it's Mona Lisa Overdrive by William Gibson. Uh, it's a cyberpunk book, and there's a character who's obsessed with figuring out what the shape of the universe is, and he calls that a macro form. Mm. And the whole thing is basically, if the universe has a shape, then there's something outside of that containing that shape. So it's cubicle. It's it's the powdered water. Yeah, yeah. It's just <laughs> it's just the. How many layers deep does reality really go? Like if you if you really think about things on a metaphysical level, you're just gonna mind fuck yourself to, into oblivion. There's you know so many thought traps you can fall into. You so, could have just called it mind fuck to oblivion. I could have, but I'm just not that guy, man. We're PG thirteen here. Oh, okay. We try to be artsy. The uh, the cover art is by uh, my cousin's husband. His name is uh, E.B. Tolbert. He has a, a company called Nemesis Comics. So nice. I just wanted to make sure to uh, big him slash them up because uh, <laughs> it's some great art. And I've uh, been a fan of his shit since I was like 17. And uh, oh, he, awesome. he was uh, trying to work for DC at the time. And he showed me his books. And he was like, yeah. You know, like if you want to draw for for DC or Marvel, you just kind of got to show them like you can do their guy doing things. So you know, here's 15 pages of Batman just stalking a guy around a a, a graveyard and hiding on gargoyles and shit. Just kind of showing that I could draw Rad. Batman doing Batman stuff. And I just remember thinking that, that that was like such an awesome inside scoop. And yeah, this is the coolest thing I've ever seen. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it was cool to be, to be like, hey. You know, we got a while before this comes out. Like, I'm, I'm not really going to be rushing you by any means. You wanna, you wanna take a shot at this? I love it. Badass, man. That's that's really cool. That after all that time, falling in love with somebody's work at the age of 17, to uh, getting them on your album at the age of 18, as you now are. <laughs> that's right. You yes. can tell by my voice that I am but a wee lad. <laughs> I don't know why I always just like you guys are like my little brothers, you know. Like I always, I I always say like, young dragon or some shit like you, that. Halo, Halo is our rap dad. Are you our rap big bro? I don't know. I mean, I guess I've been demoted because he used used to call me that too. Well, I mean, it's been it's, a while. It's about what we all feel comfortable with. If you see <laughs> if you see yourself as a big brother, you know, a lot of people 
see their big brother as a father figure in some lights. I think I think it fits. We could be a couple of hollyhocks with a bunch of dads. Now we're just really overthinking this, but um, <laughs> it's a BoJack Horseman reference. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. See, I only watch cartoons if it's got uh, Batman in it. So. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I guess I, Family I, I, Guy has had Batman a couple times, so you're you're <laughs> safe. <laughs> nice. I had nothing to it say has, to that. <laughs> it has Adam West constantly at the very least, so like yes. you yeah, can't really. Go. There you go. <laughs> Fucking Adam West. On rare occasion, perhaps, if it's like, oh shit, they just added a new season of this. I am way way behind. Yeah, it's it's good. Like uh, throw it on in the background while I'm sending emails. Like I can't just not have any sound or anything going on. And it's definitely easier to just have TV that I could totally ignore as opposed to like music that I'm probably going to pay too much attention to. So, you know, look, look up, watch what Quagmire just did. Laugh, go back to sending emails like a drone. That's why it takes you so fucking long, huh? (laughs) (laughs) Fucking big oops. That's, That's why I'm able to shoot out like fucking... Sometimes, man, I really get into the groove. I'll shoot out like 150, 200 emails in one big session. Like I'll, I'll watch like half a season, three quarters of a season of fucking Family Guy in one shot and just Damn. sit in one place and just blast out fucking like 10 cities worth of just every single venue, every single nook and cranny I can think of. I, I really appreciate that, man. Like, you know, we saw each other a lot more when we were touring together, obviously. Yeah. And even as I've slowed down, because I know at one point, like I think the first year I was with DTR, you were like, dude, you are like our most active working artist. Like this th- th- this has been great, you know. Yeah. And then as I got more and more in debt from touring, <laughs> I uh, uh, had to pull back quite a bit. Um, but, you know, even with this DFS tour this summer, you know, I know how much work that you did put into it, and and I always appreciated having you in my corner because it was something that I had wanted and fought for for so long to have another person on my team. You know, to uh, to take the lead on that, what so I could be creative. You know, so I, that that's just it's been awesome having you. Well, Thank you. <laughs> you're like sincere, positive. What the fuck do I do with this? Yeah, how do I internalize this? Uh, my childhood didn't prepare me for this. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I just, knew it was coming. I figured, you know, in a in, in a public setting that I would just shout you out for being the shit because if you've seen me on tour at all in the last, like, I don't know, a few years. Three or four, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's been largely because of your work, so that's not nothing. Well, thank you, man. I, I really appreciate it. I mean... There've been times in the in the past where you've had to crack the whip on me, and uh, and I've, I would never. <laughs> I've been I've been grateful for it, you know, because sometimes sometimes it's just a little difficult when you when you find yourself in a situation where you can't break through in a certain city and you don't really know what to do, and it kind of creates an anxiety black hole. So in those times, it was it was helpful to you know. Have you been like, no, man, you need to fucking do this. <laughs> and and I think that's that's helped me become, you know, as good at, like I said, just, you know, blasting out every fucking nook and cranny. Like now I just now I just do that on the front end. The very first yeah, thing that yeah. I do is just blanket email every single place that I can find 
And then I start looking at specifics and if things start coming back, you know, off of that and I'll start collecting the the early door deals if we want to just go straight with the venue and hope something better, you know, comes together. Yeah, um, and then instead of looking for a contingency, you're able to weigh the different offers and see what's the best thing, you know, that you can get. Which Yeah. You know, as long as you're not leaving anybody hanging can be a a really useful thing. I mean, because we're talking DIY tours for if people are listening and they don't have the experience. I mean, it's rough. You know, sometimes it's really hard. So there are places that offer you shit. There are places that don't offer you anything. There are places that don't write back. And there mm-hmm. are places who say no. So yeah, <laughs> occasionally you'll get a place that actually has a great indie rap promoter and then you don't have to deal with any of that shit. But so often it's just a crapshoot and you have to cast a wide net instead of going like, well, we hit up our usual spots, haven't heard anything yet. You know, like you said, it's smart. Just blast everything up front, go as wide as you can and go, all right, what do we want to choose from now? Now we have options. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and you know, I took I took that approach with uh, with the DFS tour. Uh, For sure, it it just sometimes it's just no matter what you do, just the cards. You know, things aren't coming together. Things yeah, we had good aren't aligning, good press but, on that one and everything, but they just uh, something about the timing didn't. Yeah, but work I'm great. still I'm still happy with what we got, which I think was like seven shows in ten days. I think no, we mo- actually filled we filled uh, the the gaps, so we actually had. The first day was travel, and then we did nine consecutive shows. So we actually pulled it off. That's right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it was just tough to get all of those shows together. And like really at the end was when everything came together. But there was a good minute there where I was like, fuck, man, I don't want you to have to, you know, not play three of these nights. But like, yeah, we were panicking my head against the wall here. (laughs) We were panicked, but we didn't stop working. And that's that's what counts. Um, I. I I gotta say it's a very it's a very specific uh, type of anxiety that I get when someone pops up in my inbox and is like, "Oh, hey, what's up, man? You know, I've heard great stuff from so and so. I'm trying to do 17 dates uh, in a couple months. What what can you do for me?" (laughs) 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 Shit, yeah. So uh, my phone is steadily dying. Before we wrap, I wanted to also shout out. Danny, you know, we talked a little bit. You've been, uh, first of all, at a, a new studio uh, for some time now and working at the Fillmore out there in San Francisco. All that shit's exciting to me. Proud of you. Killing it. Thank you. You said you're part of the uh, the union out there. How does that work? Uh, yeah, I'm part of uh, Local 16, um, which is a branch of the IATSE, the International Association of Stage and Theatrical Employees. So basically, I went to like a a quick... I sort of cheated my way into the system. Don't tell nobody. Um, Yeah, we won't post this. I I got him in there. He he helped me and his his, uh, stepdad was just like, show up, bring in a resume and tell him that it wouldn't work online. So I did it and just dropped it into a pile. (laughs) And then they started calling me and I started getting gigs. And then I... Going from venue to venue and finding place to place, I ended up at the Fillmore where I um, I do load in, load out, and I run sound in the poster room upstairs pretty often. And then I get you know cool perks like comps for shows or drinks and delicious dinner. I get to meet bands and help them set up, and also get lots of experience for what uh, 
high budget live shows are like, which is pretty crazy. That's awesome. Yeah, it's it's an interesting system. I like it a lot. It's, and how's how's the new studio? Uh, uh, where can people find you if they want to get some good mixes done? Uh, just contact me on any social media platform these days. I don't really have a new page to promote the new business because I'm sort of just like a freelancer. I'm just freelancing right now, so I am the business. But the new studio where I work at a million times better than the Audio Lodge, which I which I loved. I love that place, and it was hard to get used to this new place just because it was different, and I was going through a bunch of weird stuff. But I have all the gear that I have plugins of, which is fucking crazy like that's a, great <laughs> an la2a and 1176 the cl1b uh all these neve and api preamps that i've like read about in these legendary rock books or like mm. documentaries I, I just have them and i can touch them all the time can, touch can, them for me i will i'll send can, you a picture can i just say <laughs> the the wildest thing to me I've actually only been to the studio once. We haven't even recorded anything there yet, but you know, future projects will be, so very yes. excited about that. But the one time that I went there, I was fucking blown away by the fact that this building used to be a company called McCune, and that's where my stepdad was working when he met my mom. Oh, crazy. It's just so it's just <laughs> so McCune strange. Building. Such a weird turnaround. Like I guess it's almost like one of those butterfly effect moments. Cause actually now that I think about it, bringing it back, like uh, yeah, bring it back. my my stepdad is so integral to why my music taste is the way that it is. At like six or seven years old, you know, I met him, and he's like, "Hey, check this out! It's a movie called The Wall." You know, <laughs> like nice. he he just put me on to a lot of like really strange and out there shit for like a, a child to be listening to, and it really like what up, Mike. He really helped, you know, form like my my taste and everything. So it's really interesting in that this weird roundabout like return to the Genesis has has occurred. He's a good yeah, guy. That's great. That kind of reminds me of how uh, the house that I'm in, I I rented and later my family bought from an acquaintance I knew from work, but turned out to be this is where Gradient grew up. Yeah. And oh yeah. I yeah. had no idea that that was his dad. He was just my brother's friend in school, you know. Mm-hmm. And then years later, we recorded the Gradient album here in his childhood home. It's kind of strange how those things will come together years later. The uh, the studio that I work at is actually like co-owned and managed by my old mentor Chris Paxton at Nexus Audio. Where I interned there for quite a few years and then branched off to do my own thing and then I like my studio where I was working down all of the people who owned all the gear decided that they weren't doing it anymore and I just happened to be texting him like you know man I always looked up to you and I still do and you're just so motivating for me and I'm always trying to like catch up to you and like you know like ride your wave of the success you're reaching with your music and he was like wait tell me about yourself and I told him and he was like well I have a studio out here how how far away are you from this location? And I'm like, yeah, eight minutes. And he's like, cool, we'll come work here then. We have all kinds of gear. I'll show you how to use the location and then we'll get you going. And I, I, so now I, he just came right back into my life after not talking to him for a few years and hooked me up with the tools necessary to keep my job. That's we badass. Should, we should have your mentor and my stepdad Puck? executive produce our next project. Oh, shit. <laughs> I have one other person who's going to help executive produce though, but yeah, Meredith's a brother-in-law. 
It won't be me because apparently I won't listen to it. (laughs) Yeah, you just don't give a fuck. You didn't listen to it today. You didn't listen to it when we sent you the invite. Sam said, no one gives a fuck about me. I don't give a fuck about them. (laughs) And that's where I'm at in life right now. Who cares? Let's just talk. That's where I'm at. So thanks for coming and talking with me. Hey, thanks for having us, man. Thank you, Miss Sam. you. Really Love want you, to uh, pile back into the Take 92 van soon. Mm. Yeah, yeah man. Check out uh, Macro Forms November 1st. That's in the past. Already happened. In the long, long ago. Spotify, iTunes, Tidal, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook. Do you have an enhanced CD? Oh, yeah. When you put it in, it just shows a JPEG of my luscious ass cheeks. <laughs> <laughs> It's it's synchronized to the tempo of each track too. What it shakes, opens and closes. Oh, oh, oh wow! <laughs> it winks. Oh my god! All right, that is our show, and uh, I did listen to the record after the interview, and I was texting them the many things about it that I liked. I think it's their best work to date, and Danny was insisting that I mention it on the show that I did fucking check it out. So it is very good. It's their best thing ever. Check out Macroforms. Look up Double Dragon online. They're at T-O-O Dragons on most social media. And we're going to leave you with a brand new track from the record. First, as always, I will say, subscribe to the show. Give us a five-star rating and review on iTunes. And if you haven't heard, I got a brand new podcast, the Bat Fanatic Podcast. That's spelled Bat Fan Addict. You can follow me on Facebook and Instagram at Bat Fan Addict. And we got a new show dropping this Friday. First ever episode, the 15th. It's my bootleg of the Michael Keaton interview that I talked about going to San Antonio to see earlier on this episode. So... Stay tuned for the Bat Fanatic podcast. I'm going to be joined by Evil from The Illusionist, Ben Polanski from Dead Fucking Serious, and uh, we're going to have a, a, a really good time. So subscribe to the Bat Fanatic podcast, follow us on social media, and now here is Double Dragon from the new album, Macro Forms. The song is called Case. Never once did I dream I would make it this far I once tried to kill myself in my car Wrapped in the seatbelt I leaned the seat back Somehow kept my life Turns out I need that Wasn't for another year That I learned how to rap And that simple act Put me back on track Far from the best Much further from the worst Gave me something to do With my time on this earth And it birthed a whole new side of me I found a whole lot of worth I didn't know was inside of me Now who I am is the man that I try to be That is when I'm not battling anxiety It's far from a dream to be the way I am Hard not to nip the rose in the stem How much more will it take till the aftershocks pass? I won't take my life, instead I'll take my life back One day I wanna look back fondly like damn I'm glad I didn't let me off me plans Never go exactly how they ought to see I am but a man and life is but an odyssey I never let a tear drop unless it's necessary The chemicals ingrained are a debt that I carry I can slip at any time and I get that it's scary But I won't let my parents watch their child be buried So worse comes the worst, I'ma lay in bed With the covers pulled tight right above my head But nowadays when I do, don't pretend that I'm dead Instead I take a little break from the lies I've been fed by my own brain 
my own damn chemistry I am the reason that I'm struggling so desperately Maybe I should seek help, outsource it medically But I'm too afraid to change my wiring irreparably Harshly dependent, guard all my friendships Cause without them my life would be senseless Known to be a drag but they still drag me around They're the humans that support me and I'm glad they've been found It's far from a dream to be the way I am Hard not to nip the rose in the stem How much more will it take till the aftershocks pass? I won't take my life instead I'll take my life back One day I wanna look back fondly like damn I'm glad I didn't let me off me plans Never go exactly how they ought to see I am but a man and life is but an odyssey A deep-seated drive to be alone That's why I spend most my time inside of my home Don't be upset if I don't pick up the phone I'll always call back when I'm better though 26 years old, 26% sure that I'll have 26 more Keep the outlook pure, one quarter century Many happy returns, it's a madman that laughs as he burns Flame to the candle, ash to the urn Too much pain to handle, man must be hurt Lest he be condemned to writhe in his hurt Lest he believe he'd be free in the dirt The circle is a cycle and the curve begins at birth if it hurts it's probably vital is a lesson to be learned i may talk a big game i haven't learned shit yet but what i do know is i prefer life to death it's far from a dream to be the way i am hard not to nip the rose in the stem how much more will it take till the aftershocks pass i won't take my life instead i'll take my life back one day i want to look back fondly like damn i'm glad i didn't let me off me plans never go exactly how they ought to see i am but a man and life is but an odyssey